Hello beautiful people, thank you so much as always for clicking on this podcast and this particular episode of Joe Blogs About Films. Whether you're a first time listener or a long time listener, all the same, it is super appreciated and thank you ever so much for your constant, constant support. Now before I dive into this particular review, am I the only one whose OCD was kicking in at the fact that when they saw the Scream 6 logo, the title card obviously Scream 6, it was in Roman numerals rather than actual numbers. Like, I know they've sliced up the M to make VI, but man alive, that was hurting me. I hope I'm not the only one, just for continuity and, and for, like, collection's sake. That was really, really bugging me. But to be honest with you, that is one of few negatives I have for the latest instalment in the Scream franchise, which, of course, what we're talking about in this podcast on today's episode, Scream 6, continuing on from Scream 5, the requel, as they called it. We now find our protagonist in New York as a new ghost face begins his killing spree. And the film, good Lord, the film is doing super, super well in the US box office, earning $44.5 million in its first weekend of release, nearly $10 million more than the series' previous high of something like $34 million with, with Scream 3 that came out back in 2000. This is the best debut for the franchise and i am already hearing scream seven bells ringing that will be that will be greenlit come on now next few weeks but scream six is out now it's like a crazy quick turnaround to be honest with you i know like saw films or whatever kept churning them out year in year out but i, I was not expecting scream six to be this soon to be honest because only january last year that scream five came out and I, I i did i did enjoy five not as much as probably obviously many others but I really did enjoy this film. I'm looking forward to going over it with you. There's obviously going to be some some like nitpicks that I've got in there, but I really am looking forward to talking about Scream 6 because I did have a really great time at the cinema watching this. Now, before we do dive into it, of course, the podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, as to rss.com, all that jazz. You know the drill. Give us a like and a follow, notification, all that nonsense. Leave us a review. That too would be absolutely amazing. Thank you so much if you would do so. But don't worry if not, it's absolutely fine. Uh, jump onto socials and search Joe Blogs About Films into Facebook and Instagram. That too would be absolutely awesome. Thank you again if you have done already. And as always, for your constant, constant support. Now, last year's Scream 5, I found entertaining. And like I, I liked the fact that it pays homage to the original with including the legacy characters. But then at the same time, I, I really liked that they were handing the baton over to this younger, fresh new set of characters. I liked the reveal of who it was and what their motive was, which is a heads up right now because... I probably will end up spoiling Scream 5. If you're not Scream 5, I doubt you'd be listening to Scream 6 anyways, review that is, but or even seeing Scream 6. Like, do check out Scream 5, but I, I will end up spoiling it. No, nothing from this latest installment yet, but I will give you a heads up when we do talk about spoilers way at the end of this podcast. This is going to be, obviously, spoiler-free for now. But but yeah, basically, sorry, to, to, to come round to what I was just saying, Scream 5 last year was a good amount of fun. Though, I'm still not overdoing it. I really am not. I'm still, like, actually talking to, like, friends, anyone who listened who was a fan of Scream being like, do it, man. Do it. Can't believe it. So, yeah, I did enjoy Scream 5, but Scream 6... Boy, oh boy, did I really enjoy this film. Like, a whole lot more than last year's. I think that the directors and writers who are collectively known as Radio Silence, who are responsible for, obviously, Ready or Not, which has got a great fandom behind it as well. I've still not seen that, but it's got a great fandom behind it as well. Of course, they did last year's Scream. I felt like they were unshackled on this one. Like, they... The, the film does still fit the mould of a Scream movie, but with its classic meta-horror and humour, etc. But they managed to breathe new life into the franchise with this one, while still honouring the film franchise as a whole, which is, again, a remarkable feat. But keeping it spoiler-free, it was really cool 
to have New York as his backdrop, as well as like following the main characters being the Carpenter sisters and their journey and, and the repercussions from the previous film that's, that's ha- has its hold on them. Both Jenna Ortega and Melissa Barrera are super strong in this film. Like, to be honest with you, the whole core four are pretty excellent. But Ortega and Barrera's characters stand out together and they find themselves at somewhat of a crossroads, which I really liked in this. Like, understandably, with everything that's happened in the last one, Barrera's character, Sam, she's cautious and protective over her sister and has major trust issues. I mean, who wouldn't? Like, whereas Ortega's Tara, she's trying to put all of it behind her and not have that one weekend of madness define who she is moving forward, which I loved having that friction between the two of them. You know, starting off there... To like having these two characters dealing with what's happening in completely different ways, but ultimately they're both acting out of like the the care for one another. You know, like they they love each other, they they care for one another, they think they're doing the right thing to benefit the other one, but they don't quite understand it. Like I said, they they just don't see it from those perspective from each other's perspective at the start. Anywho, and I really liked that shift. I thought that was really good. And then you have like the added weight for Sam, who not only is the daughter of of the late Billy Loomis but also actually had to put her ex-boyfriend, Richie, down in the last film after he was revealed that he was the killer along with his partner. Obviously, I told you spoilers, but yeah, they were, they were obviously him and his partner, they were sick of the Stab franchise and where it was going, giving Toxic Fanbase a, a whole new meaning. But yeah, Sam killing Richie is like really living up to her family name, something that she's really, really struggling to cope with. There's this other element of the film that was really great in addition to Sam and her, and her heritage is that people online, or rather conspiracy theorists believe that she's not entirely innocent as to what happened in the last film. And some argue, like like I say on the internet, like in, within the, the Scream world, that she was responsible for the events of Scream 5 and that she then framed Richie for it. Um, I guess that's a, a, a little bit of a light spoiler, but it's, it, it, it kind of... The reason why I bring it up is because it added onto that whole social commentary side, like the last one did with the toxic fan base, like just highlighting that people online still want to believe what they want and will make up theories and stories, or basically just see anything negative in someone, especially when it comes to tragedy or someone dealing with tragedy. You know, not everyone's like a victim and such, this, that, and the other. So there's that commentary there as well. Uh, just a quick side negative that I wasn't a fan of, like from Scream 5, that's continued into Scream 6 is this ridiculous, like, creative decision to have Billy Loomis pop up in visions for Sam, like, especially in, like, mirrors or reflections. I get I get what they're going for, but I felt it, it was really odd in Scream 5. It almost, like, took me out of it a little bit, but again, I was forgiven in the last one because it's the requel or whatever, so it's going to have links and ties to the, to the original and such, but having it happen again in Scream 6 just honestly made me want to scream, yes, pun intended. But if you cut out... Basically, all the couple of moments, it's not many, but if you cut out the couple of moments where Billy appears in reflection giving Sam some BS pep talk, it would take nothing away from the film. Absolutely nothing. So, like, I feel that was a creative decision that was just solely to appease fans, but it just didn't for me. Like, I was like, I don't I don't need this again. Anywho, moving aside from that minor gripe, let's talk about Ghostface and the killings, because that's what we love in the Scream franchise, near Like, goodness... Goodness me, did they make this ghost face brutal. The way that they would just stab and stab and stab and stab literally over and over and over and how they would close in on the knife, like in the stomach or wherever they've jabbed it. It was so grisly. Like the amount of blood and, and dare I say, gore in this film, is, it is really enhanced. But 
it's not overkill. Something that I do thank the creative team for. Like it was the right level without overstepping a mark. As I said earlier, they've really branched out a lot with this film and like tried to freshen it up and you know kickstart or not kickstart the franchise, but just add just a sprinkle of something different. But it didn't lose the scream mold or vibe, which is like a really tricky thing to do. But I honestly thought that the ghost face moments in this film were absolutely excellent. Like especially that you know given that we were in such an open space, like Ghostface could pop up at any time. We're in like the whole of New York, like anywhere that these characters go, he could be there. Like it's just really like gripping and but perfect example of that is the subway train sequence, which by the way, that was one of my favorite teasers that I've seen in a long time. Like I loved that trailer so much. And it's cool that the trailer didn't ruin anything like the sequence as a whole. It is a lot longer obviously in the film than I actually anticipated, but my Lord was it suspenseful. Like the, I loved the use of lighting in this being flickered on and off, just allowing the audience to get that awful feeling in your stomach of, oh my God, when these lights come back on, Ghostface will be there. It was just so good. In addition, obviously, we have the sequence that again was in the trailer of Ghostface hunting Sam and Tara in the shop, where we have the characters crawling around on like behind shelves, avoiding being caught. And it was just super, super intense, like stripping back the score so we can hear the slight crunches of glass or crisps that are being trodden on. Added to Ghostface just blasting the shotgun, honestly, was uneasy viewing, you know what I mean? Like, really, really, like, like butt-clenching, you know what I mean? But, like, just again, another side note, I am a fan, by the way, of, of Ghostface wielding the shotgun. I've seen a few people online saying they don't like it, obviously, that you should, you should just use knives and that, but this just, again, makes this film stand out more for me personally. Like, I don't want, like, Ghostface to continuously use weapons like firearms or whatever, but I felt this was a nice moment and something different, as I say, for the film franchise. There are obviously some other other great cool sequences with Ghostface, like the shot of the mask appearing through the frosted glass, obviously someone's door, amazing. But the main thing for me in this, particular for me with Ghostface, the whole thing, that opening kill was easily one of the best franchises has had. Like it is absolutely incredible. I would say perhaps surpasses Scream 2, which is equally incredible. I won't say much until we get to the spoiler section, but heavens, heavens, it was like two openings in one. It really gave you the feel that this scream wasn't going to do things normal. And for the most part, it does feel fresh and new. That is obviously until the reveals and such, which again, I'm more on that in a sec. But yeah, this opening, wowzer. Like, one of the best things of the film without an absolute shadow of a doubt. I, I absolutely loved that opening. Just going to move on to some more of the supporting cast and, other, and the other core four members obviously jasmine savoy brown again shines as mindy the horror film nerd that knows all and all about sequels recalls and franchises i loved her in last year's scream and again i really enjoyed her in scream six as to mason goodin as a brother chad he too was good and i liked the chemistry relationship that was building between him and jenna ortega's tara more on him in just a tick obviously probably more so in the spoiler section about him but again really liked what they were doing with with the say ortega and mason goodin's character chad i thought it was really really good courtney cox obviously is the only legacy character back in and, and she gets a good back and forth with Ghostface on the phone something that as Ghostface points out has never happened before in the previous installments and it is a really cool exchange and again gets your heart rate pumping Gail also didn't do that annoying thing of being stupid in that situation something that really was a bugbear with me for Scream 5 like everyone would say in Scream 5 don't do this or don't do that da, 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 da. and what would they do they'd go ahead and do the very thing that they said not to do so that's a big tick basically that Gail was prepared and actually did what she could do to escape Ghostface and again this scene was another great set piece that the film had really really excellent last mention is for Hayden Penetier returning as Kirby I think that's how you pronounce her surname apologies to 
Hayden Penetier fans, apologies. Anyway, it's great to see her back, obviously, from Scream 4. I thought that she was, I thought it was really cool that they did bring her back and that, though I don't think really much came from her return, she did still have a decent enough job to do. And, and it was just nice, really, just seeing her back on the big screen. It's been a while and having another character returning from a previous Scream film again, it's just, it's just a nice, really big tick. But the story and everything, like the set pieces, the kills, all in all, for me, like I did really, really have a great time. Despite these bugbears that I've got, and despite my negative points, which I will talk about in just a second when we come to the spoilers. So there's your first heads up, or is that second, third, fourth heads up? I've said we're going to do spoils soon. Anyways, there are negatives in there that like I was a little bit like mm, underwhelmed with, but I still can't help but think that this was such an amazing time at the cinema and that they really have done something different with the franchise. Personally, out of 10, I would say this is a really strong 8. I think, because I, I listened back to my Scream 5 podcast, and I gave that a 6.5, which I think, for me, was a fair score, because I, I, I liked it, but I definitely didn't love it as much as everyone else did, whereas this one, it is great. It is really, really great. Like, it's a, it's a real blast, and I know that a few people have seen it already, and they've agreed, they think it's really great. If you've not seen it yet, and hopefully I've not given away too much, obviously, with the spoil-free section, I, I genuinely would... Go check out Scream 6. Uh, obviously, watch definitely the last one and the first one. Just watch them all and then go see Scream 6 if you haven't already because really great time at the cinema. But now I do want to jump into a little spoilery section. So if you haven't seen the film, do not listen from this point. I'm just going to go quickly over, quickly, he says, some of the things that I uh, that I loved in a bit more depth, but mainly like, you know, the reveal and such and, and just a few little nitpicks there so spoilers three two one i've already mentioned how much i love the opening like i really really did but i'm gonna say it again the opening of this film is incredible like we see samara weaving's character waiting for a date in new york speaking on the phone and eventually heading outside to meet them leading them down an alley the voice changed to the iconic roger jackson's voice before she is brutally slashed and murdered by ghostface and this is where like my jaw just dropped because we then are taken aback by the killer removing his mask straight away oh my god like it, regardless that it was obviously tony rivalori good lord this was such a surprise like having the killer reveal it straight away who they are was such a cool misdirection to get audience thinking whoa are we gonna are we gonna know all the way through like the, this film like who th th this is the killer like it was so eerie and dark and just great seeing just things from a killer's perspective you know what they do after the, after they've done the deed or whatever, and then and then headed back. It was something that Screamers never done before. Like, obviously, it leads to the actual first kill, or second kill to be exact, where Ghostface calls up uh, Revelori and, and, you know, quick shout to the unbelievable description and monologue from, from his character saying how it felt to kill someone and that he didn't see them as human, etc. But then Ghostface turned up after a nice game of hot and cold and taking him out, straight away said to me, fans, this will not be your typical Scream movie. And that's what the film does for the most part. Like, there's arguments to be made that the core four were untouchable or invincible, as, as quite a few get a few stabbings, but somehow survive. Like, I'm not sure how Mason Gooding's Chad survived the film after he slashed and dashed a good number of times in a heartbreaking moment just after he and Jenna Ortega have finally given into their feelings for one another. It was almost, like, poetic, you know, and he was sacrificing himself to save the person that he cared for. It was brutal, sad, and heroic, like, the best way for him to go. Only for him to survive, like, how? What? I appreciate that we want to keep those core four together. We want to continue this new cast, obviously, looking into Scream 7. I get it, but I thought it was really strange that it just seemed, like I said, a really fitting way to go. And, and that is probably more of a nitpick. But the major issue for me was the reveal of who the killer was. Now, before we start, I know it's a sequel. 
to the requel, and it's going to pay homage to the previous Screams, and this reveal is similar to Scream 2, being as it's the family of Richie, who were behind the killings in Scream 6, essentially finishing what Richie started with his passion for the Stab films. You know, they were going to kill all of Sam's friends and then frame her for the killings. Now, that I'm okay with, because like I said, that is very similar to what happened in Scream 2. But Dermot Mulroney's Detective Bailey, I don't understand what happened or why they thought it was just this good idea to have him go really cartoonish because he's gone from this cool calm and serious head detective to like i said this horrendous cartoon villain once he reveals that it's him and i just thought it was just way too much like i i get that you want your villain to have some unstable tendencies but that performance was just way off like i I, it's not what the film deserved or needed it was really strange and like there's loopholes in this because they say it's it's the father it's the father of Richie and then Richie's brother and sister who were all behind the killings. But for me, there's like a loophole when it came to the fact that they staged his daughter's death or, you know, the, the fake fake-out death or what you want to say. So Liana Liberato's character, Quinn, she is Sam's roommate. And there's a sequence in the film, again, which is super intense when Ghostface breaks into the apartment and looks like, obviously, he's killed Quinn and tries to go after the others and such. Like... That happens, and the detective, obviously, Detective Bailey, who is, again, a ghost face, obviously comes to the scene and mortified that his daughter had been killed, but, like, how was he going to get away with it? It was really quickly mentioned that he swapped the bodies over, blah, 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 that he he was first to the crime scene, put a prosthetic in place or whatever. Just, like, why? He just, that, when he was saying it, I was like, well, that brings up more questions than it does answers. Like, how on earth... Was he and his kids going to get away with any of this? Like, what was their end game? Like, sure, right, okay, yeah, you frame Sam and whatnot, but then what do you tell your fellow officers or whoever that your daughter isn't, in fact, dead? Like, because everyone else is there. He's the one who's pronounced her dead at the scene. Like, do you, what do you then do? Do you just, do you leave the country? Do you hide somewhere? Do you go somewhere? I'd, I really don't know. It was just really flimsy for me and not exactly a mastermind killer who's meant to be two or three steps ahead. You know what I mean? But like I say, on the flip, I loved loved that I say Hamas Scream 2 or the fact as I say that there, mainly there was three killers because for the first time in the franchise that's actually happened like me and my friend said last year that I would have, it would have been so cool I would have loved it if it was three killers to just to mix it up a bit like something the franchise hasn't done before but they full on did it for this one so I'll, that's that's great you know what I mean like having the father of Richie and, and like having Richie still part of it as well I thought was really cool because a lot of people did really enjoy his character having the father of Richie and the sister and the brother be the killers I thought was a nice touch like honestly I don't mind that at all it's just I think they needed to do a little bit more thinking and planning when it came to not so much the characters, but the creative team just needed to iron out some of those creases. Like, don't do not do that for the reveal, please. I don't want to have more questions than answers with the reveal, but yeah, I just thought it was a little bit flimsy. But all that being said, this is still a great Scream film. I cannot wait to watch it again. It is, for me, easily the best Scream since Scream 2. Maybe even, maybe better than Scream 2. Maybe it's the best since the original, which... Is that a bold shout? You know, you, you tell me, you let me know where where you think Scream 6 ranks because I really enjoyed this film. I had a blast at the cinema. It was great seeing something new and fresh with Scream. Can't really wait to see what they do more, what they do next with it. And yeah, just a lot of fun. A lot of fun indeed. As I stated earlier, it's an 8 out of 10. Let me know your thoughts as well on Scream. Thank you so much as always for listening to the podcast. It really is super appreciated. And we're back with more reviews, don't you worry. But Scream has taken the mantle as best film of March. 100% undoubtedly. John Wick is probably the next film that could probably top that, and that comes out in a couple of weeks' time, and I cannot bloody wait for that either. But Scream 6, I salute you. Until the next episode, thank you so much again. Take care.